So tomorrow will mark the one-year anniversary for the vision here at Hot FM. So that means this morning we're going to do an assessment. Is that the right word to use? You guys good with that word, assessment? Yeah, sure. Or a test, sure. yeah, better, better than test, Barry said. We're going to do a, our, a one-year test. Um, but no, here's what we want to do this morning. We actually want to go over this. Um, we're actually going to read through it all together, the whole thing. So once a year, we want to do this, not just this year, but also next year. We're going to do the same thing, where we actually want to focus and key, on, key in on what we believe the Lord is calling us to do. It's, it's right here. So if you come and say, what's heart of the Father doing? What's going on? Well, here we go, right here, okay? Um, we're not going to be up here being super nitpicky and thinking, oh, we could do better at this and we suck at that, and we're not going to get into all of that kind of stuff. We really want to speak from the, from the Lord's perspective and from his heart. Uh, we've been praying this week and just asking the Lord to give us insight on, like, Lord, how are we doing? Not we up here, we in the room. Okay, let me say it again. We're not here to say, okay, how are the elders doing today? How are we doing carrying the vision? No, no, no. Are, are you the church too? Are, are you shareholders here? Are you part of the body here? Then that means part of the burden is on your shoulders as well. Right? Okay, the old school way was that we do all the work and everyone just comes and watches us do what we do. That's not what we're doing here. Okay, we're a body, we're one body, we're one people. And so we're going to assess how we all are doing here at Heart of the Father. So we want to be pleasing to the Lord in his house. This is his church, we are his people. So if you want to open up the packet, we're just going to jump right in. We have some, we're going to read through this, and then we have some questions that um, we're going to put out there, and we're going to answer them. But I would encourage you as well to think about these questions and if you were to answer them. So, Barry, take it away. Okay, we're starting at the top here. We're just going to read through this. We didn't do it at the first vision um, last year, but we felt like we want to just go ahead and read through it because if you're like a lot of people, you read the first two paragraphs and you're like, oh, that sounds good, and then you don't read the rest of it. So we want to... <clears throat> read through the vision again. I have a dream for Heart of the Father ministry. Martin Luther King Jr.'s iconic speech spoken at the National Mall in Washington, D.C. before approximately 200,000 people on August 28, 1963 was probably King's most famous speech and clearly helped to shift the mindset and the culture of the nation regarding the issue of racism. As King said in his speech, I have a dream that one day this nation will rise up and live out the true meaning of its creed. May it be so with this church as well. This is our attempt to relate the dream of Jesus for Heart of the Father ministry. I have a dream for the church, which is Christ's body, that she would become the spotless bride with the heart and eyes only for Jesus that she would cherish in her heart one controlling passion and one vision, that Jesus Christ would have first place, supremacy, and preeminence in everything, 
and that all our efforts and pursuits would be primarily to give him what he wants instead of fixating on getting him to give us what we want. I have a dream that the real reason for our corporate existence as a church would be that he would fill all things with himself. That nothing and no one would be celebrated and delighted in above him or instead of him, but that every heart would thoroughly hallow him and that Jesus would be rightly treasured and fully honored in everything and in every way. That as his people, we would be true spiritual Levites whose inheritance is not in this life because Christ himself is our inheritance. I have a dream that we, the people of God, will remember our first love and once again be zealous and deeply jealous in our hearts for the honor of Jesus, that our hearts will always burn with the words of the Father. To him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus to all generations forever and ever. Amen. I have a dream that those with ministry callings and giftings within the body would not compete with the Lord for the affections of his bride, but would be friends of the bridegroom whose only desire is to draw the affections of the bride to her rightful lover, that all the ministries would say in their hearts, he must increase and I must decrease. I have a dream that our gathering together will be a place where every member will be able to express their unique deposit of grace to build up the church, where every joint will actually supply something beautiful, that it would be a place where the seemingly weak and insignificant members will be valued just as much as the highly gifted people. I have a dream that the compelling questions that are constantly being asked are, what does God want, and how can we best give it to him? Where there is a culture that is only looking for one smiley face and one thumbs up, the ones from heaven, where everything we believe and build is established on the solid foundation of the word of God, and the driving ambition is, in the words of Paul, whether at home or absent, to be pleasing to him. I have a dream that our worship will continue to grow deeper and more focused on the person of Jesus Christ, deeply exalting him, that we would be less concerned about being personally blessed and increasingly more passionate about giving him the honor that is due his holy name, that our times of worship would be less about our own times of personal devotions and more of an expression of one united bride's heart pouring out undistracted love and adoration to our God. I have a dream that as Christ's own possession, we would seek the things above where Christ is and not seek the things that are on the earth, which distract and suffocate the deep love that he deserves. That holiness would once again be seen as beautiful and desirable and that the pure fear of the Lord would return again to its rightful place as the beginning of wisdom and knowledge, 
that compromise with the spirit of this world would cease and be an accept to be an acceptable option for his people. I have a dream that we would be a people who actually become the habitation of God, where our pursuit would not be so much to have a visitation or a revival, but that God would find in our community a resting place where he can permanently and powerfully dwell with us that we would constantly host his glorious presence and nearness, where a move of God does not need to be brought in from the outside, because God himself is in our midst, doing what only he can do, where we truly become a community which is lacking in no good gift. Okay, last three paragraphs. I have a dream that a covenant community would be formed in which every person is bound together as living stones in a holy temple, a place where love is not in word and tongue, but in deed and truth, where the relationships are supernaturally deep and where love is sacrificial and real, that God would so infuse us with love for each other that we would each be less concerned about our own feelings and opinions and actually have in ourselves the attitude that was in Christ Jesus, considering others as more important than ourselves. I have a dream that every member of the body would increasingly take responsibility and ownership of the spiritual temperature of the corporate gatherings and endeavor to come spiritually built up and ready with eager anticipation of what the Lord is going to accomplish in our midst, where every member is constantly being fully equipped for every good work and where every ministry within the church body, instead of taking on its own independent identity, would become a dynamic connection point to the larger Hadafim community, where the consumer mindset would be completely replaced with the mind that is in Christ Jesus, delighting to serve others in the spirit of the Redeemer who laid down his life for us. <clears throat> I have a dream that God would do a mighty miracle in our midst by giving us the grace and desire to lay down our agendas in order to pursue his agenda and empty ourselves of our own desires so that he can truly fill all things with himself. And out of that fullness in our community, there would constantly be an outflow of the gospel and its transforming power into the surrounding cultures, bringing a true demonstration of the kingdom of God and its glory. Amen, amen. Okay, so we have some questions that we're going to answer, and we'll do it like we've done before. Well, I'll read the question. I'll give some answer to that, and these guys can chime in as well. So the first question that we have on our list to discuss here today says, in the vision packet, it is said, I have a dream that all our efforts and pursuits would be primarily to give him what he wants. What does God want? And within the past year, did we give it to him? That's a real question. I gave like this is really key and important. I gave the example before I've, I heard this brought out. What, what if we, a brother said, a prophetic guy said, what if we spent our whole lives making apple pies for Jesus every single week 
and just presenting those pies because we love apple pie. We're making apple pies for him every week and giving him the apple pies and thinking, this is awesome. Jesus is getting our apple pie. And then at the end of our life, when we stand before him, he says to us, you know, I really don't like apple pie. I like cherry. What if we're doing that in church? What if we're actually presenting to him what we want instead of actually asking the question, what is it that you want? That, that is a huge issue. And so we need to find out and know what he wants so that we can pursue that end. And I want to just lay down a couple of scriptures here to give the answer, I believe, to what he's after in the church. What does the church exist for? What are we supposed to be doing? So this is John 17, verses 20 to 23. And then I'm going to read a few verses out of Ephesians chapter 2 just to lay foundation. So John 17, as you know, Jesus is with his disciples in the upper room. It spans from chapter 13 where he washes their feet, talks about the Holy Spirit, talks about a lot of different things, abiding in the vine. This is all before he's getting ready to walk out of that room and go to the Garden of Gethsemane and be crucified the next day. So this is powerful stuff that was on the mind of Jesus. What was he thinking about just before he was crucified and gave his life? Highly important. And what does he desire? So then in John chapter 17... He prayed, obviously, in such a way that the disciples could hear what he was praying, pouring out his heart to God before he walks out of that room to Gethsemane. This is an amazing context here. What did Jesus pray at that moment? This expresses his heart, I believe. Verse 20 says, I do not ask on behalf of these alone, meaning these that are sitting in this room, but for those also who believe in me through their word, which would include all of us that they may all be one, even as you, Father, are in me and I in you, that they also may be in us, so that the world may believe that you sent me. So evangelism is directly tied to our own oneness and unity. This isn't just we get along with each other and we have chemistry. This is a oneness, Jesus said, that is supposed to represent the oneness in the Trinity. That's where you're supposed to gasp. <clears throat> Go, how do we do this? It's a miracle. That's real. It's a miracle. What Jesus wants and what he prayed for in John 17 is absolutely a miracle. It's supernatural. It's beyond our ability to achieve, but not beyond his. The glory which you have given me, verse 22, I have given to them that they may be one. Now, this is a huge, in charismatic circles, in, in revival circles, which I put myself in both of those, this is a huge issue. Why, Jesus, did you give us your glory? I gave you my glory so that they may be one, just as we are one. Not so that they may have awesome meetings and have a great time and be able to say, wasn't that amazing when the Holy Spirit moved? I, I love all of that. I don't minimize that. But Jesus said the reason that he gave his people his glory, because he knows this is going to take a miracle, is so that we can be so one together that it is a real representation of the oneness between the Father and the Son. And out of that oneness, things are going to happen and things are going to grow. The gospel is going to come alive and it's going to invade the culture and cause people to 
awaken and recognize that Jesus is the Christ. That's powerful. Ephesians chapter 2, I'm going to read this uh, as well. This is verse 19 to 22. What does Jesus want? We're asking that question. What does he want? Well, clearly, he wants for us to be one, right? Not just like each other. That's not what he's saying. Lord, I pray that they can get along and they won't kill each other. That's not the prayer. The prayer is I want them to be one in the same way that the Father and the Son are one. This is phenomenal what he's asking and what he's telling his desire is. Ephesians 2, 19 to 22 says this, So then you're no longer strangers and aliens, but you're fellow citizens with the saints and are of God's household, having been built on the foundation of the apostles and prophets, Christ Jesus himself being the cornerstone, in whom the whole building being fitted together, notice the language, being fitted together is growing Notice that too. It's a process that's happening. We're being fitted together and we're growing into a holy temple in the Lord, in whom you are also being built together into a dwelling of God in the Spirit. So what's happening is, as a people, if this is your people here at Heart of the Father, if you're called to this place, God's purpose for us is to be built together with one another to such, in such a way that we are actually forming a temple that God can permanently dwell in as his habitation. That's what he wants here. He doesn't want us to come and have good services and go away and go, that was really nice. That was awesome. That, that's good. I like all of that. But what he's after is something much bigger than that. There are eternal ramifications that go out into culture. I want this people to be so bound together in spirit, so one with one another, so committed to each other in deep and intense love that I take my residence up there. And when God dwells and he's in his holy temple, guaranteed things happen that are powerful and are amazing. I don't think we need to worry about that. I think that's seeking... Um, you know, the, the secondary thing, if, if we are these people that are built together in one and God takes up his habitation here, then he's going to do amazing things that are going to blow all of our minds. I believe that is real. Would you agree with me there? That's real. Jesus wants this. Paul's explanation of what the gospel is throughout his letters is encapsulated here. The Jews and the Gentiles are going to be brought together. I'm going to take away all the barriers that have separated them from each other and make them into one new man where Christ Jesus can dwell. That's his temple. He's going to dwell there. And that's what we're after. That's what Jesus desires for us as a people. That is a lot different than having good and powerful services. Okay. Those are secondary things. What he wants is a people that are being fitted together, being built together in such a way that it becomes the living temple of the holy God, and he inhabits, not just visits, but he inhabits. It becomes his permanent habitation. That's just a powerful vision for what church is. And I'll be honest with you, I've been walking with the Lord for quite a while and studying the Bible seriously since I was 18 years old. Um, and it's only in recent years that I even saw what the vision for the church was supposed to be because I was just trying to we come there, and what we're supposed to do is make it have good services so that people be happy and want to come back and give their money to it. That, that was essentially what church was about. And, and that's not what it's about. It's something huge and big that has eternal impact on all kinds of levels. 
And that's what we're going for, is to build that kind of covenant community. Okay, so Barry, the follow-up question. Within the past year, did we give it to him? Um, this is hard to assess, I think. I say that we're on the right road. This is the language that I use. Did we give it to him? I think we're moving in the right direction. That's my answer. Whereas before, maybe we didn't see the target. Now we see the target. Not that we've hit the target, but we see it. So we're going in the right direction. I felt like early on in this process, even beginning last year when we were working out this vision statement, that the Lord just put in my heart, communicated to me, spoke to me, however you want to put that, by his spirit. Don't become impatient with the process. This is going to take time. But keep going in the direction. And in, I've heard a lot of people say this. Maybe you're one of them, and I feel this myself. I feel the pleasure of the Lord and the encouragement of the Lord in us moving in this direction. And I feel him going, keep coming. You're going the right way. You're coming the right direction. Keep coming. You're going the right direction. Have we hit the bullseye? No. Can we see the target? I think we can see it better than we have before, and that's where we're going. And so I'm, in, I'm super encouraged, to be honest with you. Like, I feel really encouraged from the Lord um, in this season that we're actually going the right way. And so I feel hopeful with that. Um, we haven't arrived, and the, there is no end game to this. Mm-hmm. It's like saying, well, what do, you, you know, what do you do when you have a perfect marriage? Well, you don't have to worry about it, right? Um, what do you do when your relationship with Jesus is at the, the apex? and the, You don't have to worry about it. You just keep moving in that direction because there's always lots of room for growth, and that's what we're doing. We're just going to keep moving in the direction of what Jesus wants and fo- focus on giving him his desire, which is us as a people being one together in the same way that the Trinity is one. That's good. I think about too that a lot of times we lose focus on we and we on we we focus on the externals as in oh we need to grow numerically as a church and I think yeah that's good that's important we want to do that but more importantly we want to actually grow together and be one. In Colossians it says that the body would be nourished and knit together by joints and ligaments and they would grow with the increase that is from God. God wants to grow us with His increase. And that means we would grow together and be one body. Yes, he'll add more people, the church numbers, whatever, will do whatever they do. But our focus is can we connect together in here and actually be one? If we can do that, that's good. And honestly, for me, that is super relieving. Because sometimes we feel so overwhelmed. There's so much in here that, like, Lord, there's so much I'm not doing. Oh, gosh, like, which one do I do? Uh, and you're overwhelmed and you're just running around crazy. And this right here, this settles the deal. Lord, you want us to be one. You want a cherry pie. We're going to give it to you. Yeah, I mean, uh, when you have the Holy Spirit in your life, like, just like what happened this morning, the Holy Spirit is not just working in the church. He wants to work in every day of your life. Every single day. Okay? And when you put him priority, he's primary, you're secondary. When you keep him primary, he's going to bring us together. It's when people come in with their own agendas and their own elbows out and try to make their thing priority. No, he is priority. And what he wants is priority to us. 
And then he builds his community around himself, not any one of us in the room. Mm -hmm. Next question, Dave. Okay, so in the vision packet, it says this. I have a dream that a covenant would be, a covenant community would be formed where love is not in word or tongue, but in deed and in truth, where the relationships are supernaturally deep and where love is sacrificial and real. Question is, is that actually happening? Are people really connecting and growing in deep relationships with one another? In other words, is Hot FM doing covenant community well? I would say that, like Barry said, moving in the right direction, there's always room to grow. Always room to grow. Um, I know my wife and I, we talk, you know, like, oh, well, we need to be, you know, doing more things with people and stuff like that. Can I just tell you right now, I want to invite all of you that would like to get with us or any of up here, just come to us come and ask on. us. Now, some of you, some of you are doing that, and we love that. We love that. But there's more room for improvement. Okay, so we keep doing this. We keep reaching out and we're led by the Holy Spirit. Again, it's the Holy Spirit. He's the one that prompts you to send that text. He's the one that prompts you to make that phone call. And so many times we're, you know, the hamster on the wheel, just running and running and running day after day after day. No, it's the Holy Spirit that gave you that, that put that thought in you. You have to take him up on it. Well, I don't know what to say. Well, pick up the phone and call and ask the Holy Spirit to help you, and you'll be surprised what he does in that conversation. It's really simple. It's really simple. So I was thinking about some of the stuff that we do around here, and so I'm going to just mention some practical things that we do. Um, the young adults, for instance, they not only have their gatherings, but they go and they do stuff outside of the church. They build community out there. They have, even in homes, uh, nights of evenings of worship and things like that. I know the men's group that just recently has gotten started, they're building relationship with each other, and they're excited about it. If you're a man in here or a young guy in here and you'd like to be a part of it, Get with Cliff and some of the others and find out. Say, well, I don't, I, you know, it's not weird, is it? No, I don't think it's weird at all. Just go in there and just be a part. Now, don't go in there and think that you're going to preach a seven and a half hour sermon. Just go be a part. Oh, well, you know. I've done this and this. That's, that's great. We're happy that you did all that stuff. Just go be a part. Why don't you go in there and yield to the Holy Spirit and see what he wants to do about building a relationship with you and somebody else and see where that takes you. So there's that going on. And then there's women in our church that help younger moms. Say, well, I didn't know about it. Well, it's going on.
Well, they didn't tell me about it. Well, what are you doing about it? Are you asking God who you can help? Word of encouragement? When someone's going through difficulty, I know Lily's here today. I have her written down. People are struggling. Did you ask God what he wanted you to do? Like, maybe make a meal? Send a card? A text? Email? Give money? Did you have to go there? Yeah, it's God's money, I think. Last I checked, it was his. Matt and Sissy, when they lost their baby. Did you pray for them? Well, I don't know them. Did you pray for them, I said. Tough things people go through. Benji's back here. How many of you know Benji? How many? Benji has come to. Okay. Benji. Benji has come to us. And um, his marriage has been in trouble. And don't look at me like that. I know a lot of you that have some work to do on your marriages. I'm working on mine. Of course. But his wife is in Colorado. And he's here. And so Valentine's Day, we had the panel up here. Remember that? We're doing, I mean, we don't, we don't know Benji. I don't know Benji. We're doing what we think God is telling us to do. And um, he's here, and he sees what happens in the service, and he sent, tells his wife in Colorado to watch it. And the Holy Spirit begins to work. Not the elders. The Holy Spirit. And so he reached out to me, not important that he could have reached out to any one of you, but he reached out to me. And uh, through a series of talks and conversations, and he wanted to know if, you know, we could all, me and him and her and her pastor get together for counseling. I said, well, I'm not sure. I don't know who that pastor is. If she wants to, that's fine. But I'd be happy to counsel her, too. So from February 14th to present, we've been counseling on the phone. Progress is being made. Have they arrived? No. Has your marriage arrived? No. In the process. And so on the 14th, he's going out to Colorado to bring his wife back here. Yeah. Led by the Holy Spirit. Well, you're an elder. No, that has nothing to do with it. And I can tell you that God wants to use each one of you to help someone else. I can tell you that. But you're going to have to yield to him. You're going to have to yield to him. And so we text 
all the time. You can text. You have a phone. I think probably if I had a show of hands, everyone would have a phone in here just about. You can text people and help people. Covenant community. Kay Davis and her situation. Jordan and his mom. Reaching out to people, trying to help. Are we doing it well? I'll leave the well part off of it. We're in the process. And we're going to get stronger at it this coming year. I promise you. That's good. Okay, next question in the vision packet. It, it is said, I have a dream that our gathering together will be a place where every member will be able to express their unique deposit of grace to build up the church, where every joint will actually supply something beautiful. Do you see or believe this is actually happening in our gatherings? How can we see this come forth more? What would you say to those who feel they don't um, feel like they have anything to contribute? So, <clears throat> so I would say in our corporate gatherings, I think this does happen. Um, I know speaking on behalf of all of us, we want to see the manifestations, the, demonstra the demonstrations of the Holy Spirit to break out more in our gatherings, not just on Sundays, but even Wednesdays, and not just on Wednesdays, but even when you're getting dinner with someone on Tuesday night, and not just Tuesday night, but fr Friday night at Mary Group. We are so open. I just want to say this. You guys hopefully should know this. We are open to the Holy Spirit moving in our midst. We're just not going through our run sheet and just check, did that, did that, did that. We're good. God's happy. No, we want the Lord to have his way. So there has been, in my heart, um, the Lord's just been kind of carving and creating a deeper um, hunger in my heart for a move of his spirit in our body. And I don't want to hype it up. So you've, a couple times I've preached after, at the end of the message, I'll do an altar call, and honestly, I'll just say no music. The reason I want to do that is because I don't want to hype it up. If the Lord is going to move, he doesn't need background music. I get it helps us to kind of focus or, you know, do whatever. But, and my wife, she's a, you know, killer keys player. Like, what the heck? But the, but the Lord, but the Lord, I want to see him move in our body in a way that's just supernatural where everyone says that was God. It wasn't the cool pastor, the cool minister, the cool, you know, believer who did something special. Everyone's going to say that had to be the Lord. Because the person, when they prayed for him, the prayer didn't make sense, but God still moved. Yeah. It's the Lord. Yeah. So I, we really want to see that more break out in our services. Um, but we want to make sure it's the Lord. And we just don't want to come up and try to stir and just make things happen because we think we can. We want to be sensitive to the Lord. And then here's the thing, too. A lot of times we, we get together and not a whole lot happens. And you know what? That was the Lord's will. If he wants to make something happen, can he not do it? And if he just wants us to gather together and worship him and love him and love each other, he's good with that too. So it's not a fail if like, oh, man, we just worshiped and we just passed the buckets, we did announcements, we had a message, and we went home. Fail. No, what if that's all the Lord wanted to do? That's that. So we're just know in our hearts, we're not going to get up here, and we, we don't want you to do it as well to try to make something happen and do whatever. Don't, don't do that. We want to be led by the Lord. So, um, so yes, these are happen I believe they're happening in our gatherings. We want to see these things come forth more. Um, how can we see these things come forth more? <clears throat> Is by you... And us three, by all of us, taking responsibility 
of our walk with Jesus. If we want the Lord to move more when we gather, that means we need to be more connected to him and we need to be willing to yield to him. Okay, we, we are doing our best to try to not come off as superstars and superheroes. We want the ministry to be given back to you and to all of us. And so um, I think the way more things happen is by you being spiritually prepared. There's no other way to say it. I mean, if you are in your word, if you're seeking the Lord, then that means you're just positioning yourself to be used by the Lord. So when we gather together, are you in position? I understand we all have things we go through each week and yada, yada, yada. But um, when we gather together, as, we're, as you're even driving here, you're driving to someone's house, one thing Allison and I do is that we just say, Lord, like, we're available. We'll go to the grocery store. Lord, we're available. That's it. And if you want to move, you'll move. If you don't want to move, we'll move on. The last little tidbit let, question. Let me just say this. Don't leave here on a Sunday discouraged because the Holy Spirit didn't move when you didn't let the Holy Spirit move in your private devotions during the week. That's preparing for His presence. We prepare all week long let him move all week long. And then when we come in here as a corporate gathering, we've prepared ourselves for his move. Amen. And so for those who feel like you don't have anything to contribute, I want to tell you this. Don't focus on trying to contribute on the mic up here. That's not the goal. That's not the highest goal. Oh, if I could just get the, if I could, if I get the boldness and the courage to just grab the mic and just... No, no, no. You can go up to someone before and after service. Encourage them. Take them to lunch. You can be a vessel any time during the week, just not here on Sundays. In 1 Corinthians 12, it says, The manifestation of the Spirit is given to each one. That phrase, each one, can be translated into each time always. So the Holy Spirit, his manifestation is given to each one, each time always, for the profit of all. In other words, the Holy Spirit's gifting, his manifestations, his demonstrations should be in your life. Therefore, you can contribute to either the service or to someone else's life. And the last thing I would say is that you have to really, if you want to be used by the Lord, start small. You don't have to hit a grand slam the first time. I know we want to go big or go home. No, start small. Like, think about this. If you haven't worked out in a while and you go to restoration, Matt's going to start slow. He's not going to put you through the ringer and you're over there throwing up and you're just like paralyzed and you can never work out again. No, start small. So if you've never encouraged someone or prayed for someone, pick one person and say, hey, can I pray for you? Start small. That's a huge success. That's not a failure. So when, you, when we gather together, you should be thinking, Lord, help me just to find one person to bless. And then do your best to do that. Amen. I, I think I want to add to that. First of all, Matt, I know that my kids went to restoration for a while, and they threw up all the time. So, <laughs> um, <laughs> um, But th this is a huge value to Jesus. And Paul lays out the whole body metaphor in 1 Corinthians 12. And he says the members that seem to be the least important are actually the most important. 
I know we don't value that. I've asked a number of leaders in the body of Christ over periods of years saying, have you ever seen that actually in practice in the church? And every one of them has told me, no, I've never seen it. Because we honor, we have conferences for the apostles, we have conferences for the prophets, but we don't ever have conferences for ministry of helps. <laughs> but did you know ministry and helps is in the same list as apostles and prophets in 1 Corinthians 12? It's just as essential. And serving is a grace. That is a gift in Romans 12. That is a gift, the gift of serving. You do it by the strength of God, and it glorifies God. So not every gift is going to be seen um, publicly. There's lots of gifts that are actually behind the scenes but are powerful. Gift of giving. You know there's people that have a gift of giving. The Lord shows them where to sow money and possessions, and it marks people for eternity. That's real, but that's behind the scenes. They're not up there waving a flag going, hey, guess what? I just wrote a check. They don't do that. Praise God. But that's a powerful gift of the Spirit. That's inspired by the Holy Spirit. So if we're looking at only the, the prophet or giving the word of knowledge or something like that, we're, we're missing the whole spectrum. They're all equally valuable and equally strategically important where they transform lives and glorify the Lord. So don't think that it's just in a Sunday service. I mean, we talk about that, but this is not the only venue. Men's group is a smaller venue. Home groups, going out to eat with community um, and, and getting to know people. There's groups there where powerful things come forth that actually change people's lives. And can I tell you, the gift of exhortation, a big part of that is encouraging people. How many have have your life changed when you're going through a difficult time and somebody comes up and goes, you know, I've been praying for you this week. And I feel like the Lord just wanted to love on you and encourage you, and you feel like the lowest piece of scum in the world because you're having a really difficult time. That's powerful move of the Holy Spirit. So don't, we get in our heads so often this spectacular, and, and we miss what God is doing across a large spectrum, and we need to change that. We really do. So the people who are, have a heart for helps, and that is the grace in their life, and they just want to help set things up, they want to help do... That is a, a gift of the Spirit that is absolutely needed, and we should honor that in the same way that we honor apostles and prophets. I know we don't do that, but we should. God does. And so we want to change and shift that culture. We're, we're too much in charismatic circles about only honoring the spectacular, and those are the ones we honor. That's wrong. I didn't say it's misguided. I said it's wrong, and we need to change that culture. We need to honor the members that seem to be the weakest. That's what Jesus does, and that's what he said. So that's, this is a powerful value. We wanted to shift our mindsets in this and um, encourage people. You know, when they do little things that are actually the Holy Spirit motivating them, encourage them, say, I saw it when you did that. That was beautiful. That was the Spirit of the Lord working in you to encourage or to do whatever they did, okay? There's lots of venues, and, and your gift is important. It all matters. Come on, Barry. Don't get me started. All right. That's a huge value to me. I feel that whole Lord's heart in that, and I feel yeah. sometimes I feel angry at the way things happen sometimes. In the, in the, and I'm, I'm a charismatic. I've said this. I'll go to my grave in the box as a charismatic because I believe it's in the Bible, and I, I, it's, you know, it's real. But nevertheless, let's just acknowledge that we're screwed up in a lot of the ways that we do things and think as charismatics. We are. And we need to change those things and align ourselves, like you were saying this morning, with Jesus and his heart, okay? All right, here's my second and final question. What do you foresee in the future of Hot FM? 
Um, I see more of the same. I see pressing towards the goal and the mark that God has set out for us. He wants this temple built. I'm totally convinced and sold that from the scripture and in my own heart, Jesus wants this temple built. He wants this. And for me, with everything that's within me, I'm leaving it all on the field in, in order to pursue what the Lord wants here. That's, that's real for me. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to leave everything on the field. There's nothing that's going to go with me uh, when I'm gone. He wants this, so, so let's give it to him. You know, the questions have been asked in a few different ways, and it's not a wrong question or illegitimate, but the question that I've heard a couple times is, where, you know, what, what comes after covenant community? And, and my answer to that is, you don't stop pursuing covenant community ever because it's always the thing that Jesus wants. To me, covenant community is not like a goal where you, you had a revival in your church. It's not like that. Covenant community is like the soil for a farmer. And if you cultivate that soil and you plant good seeds in that soil, all kinds of beautiful and beneficial things grow out of that soil. You never get rid of the soil if you're a farmer. The soil is what things grow out of. So the question should be rather, what comes out of covenant community as we move forward? Well, and I believe... All the things that a lot of us have longings in our hearts. We want to see God move in a powerful way, even though we can't define what that is. Have you ever asked anybody a question? Well, what does that mean? <laughs> I want God to see God move in a powerful way. Well, what, what do you mean by that? Well, uh, I want to see miracles. I'm with you there. Um, I, I want to see God. I have a, a longing in my heart for the Lord to break into our body in miraculous healings and power. And I, I want him to astound us and to where we're on our faces underneath the chair at his awe and his glory, um, where we don't just go out and post it on Facebook and brag about it, but that we're seriously in awe of God. Um, I, I would love to see that. I had a friend, older friend, who was in um, the healing revival generation, 1940s, 50s, early 60s. And he said that he saw miracles that were performed in their midst. And when it happened, for one little girl born without bones in her legs, the brother who prayed for her held her up by her arms, and he said she just hung there like a rag doll. Her legs had no bones in them. And he prayed for her, and bones grew in her legs. Going underneath our chair, and he set her down on the ground, and she ran. He said, everybody in there, we were crawling underneath our chair. Like, we were, the fear of God came in there. Like, God, this is not a game. God is real. Like, God is really in our midst. This is powerful. So, I, I would love to see things like that. But I want to tell you, the soil out of which that grows is the temple that's being knit together, which is you and me and, and God when he's sitting in his temple. And he's, that's his habitation. That's when things like that. And that's the context that they're safe in. You get this? So often when God sends revival, it becomes destructive because it's not safe, because men want to take the glory to themselves like they did something. Really? You did that? No. That's foolishness. And the Lord wants to have a people where we're inviting him and recognizing that every good thing that happens has come because of him. Every good thing that we have and you have and that I have has come because he's put it in us. So he's the one that ultimately in the church gets all of the glory. That's a safe atmosphere for God to come and move where it doesn't become destructive.
<laughs> that's real. Yeah. That's real, and that's what we want. We want an atmosphere where God can do whatever he wants, and he's the one that actually gets the glory for it. That, that's powerful. Think about that. It's not what Barry said. It's not the question we usually ask, what comes after covenant community? But no, what comes out of it? So think about that. That's a, I feel like you should, we all should ponder that question. Lord, we're going after covenant community. What comes out of that? And gosh, I don't know. We won't go too much into it, but that's powerful. Think about that question. Dave. Okay, so on the outside of your brochure, if it's open, there are the red section, there are what we value. So covenant community, presence-centered community, word-centered community, training and equipping community, prayer-saturated community, discipling community, and evangelistic community. So when we look at these seven, if we look back at our calendar the last year, would it show that we really value these seven things? Okay. So in other words, do we make room in our community for these seven things to take place? So when we plan events here, we don't have this brochure out trying to see what it fits in. In fact, honestly, I've never even thought about it. But when we talk about events that take place here, it, this is what comes out of our spirit. So I went back, I grabbed my calendar, and I went back for the last year to present and a few weeks to come. But to see what we had on our calendar and what we did. So I'm just, I'm going to run through a list. So last summer we had summer nights. Okay, summer nights is covenant community where we come in here and we gather together and we do different things. And I'll get to that. But the young adults, they got with the elders so that we could get to know each other better. That's building relationship. In our services, the worship, it's about Jesus. That's presence-centered community. Our preaching, filled with Scripture, filled with the Word. That's Word-centered. Our married groups that we have once a month, that's centered around strong and godly marriages. That's God-centered. Okay, We're trying to have our marriage mirror the relationship that Jesus has with the church. I know I lost some of you right there, but anyway. That's God-centered. Moms for moms. That's moms getting together and encouraging each other in that stage of life. And I also noticed that there was a mom's night out that they had. Um, for, with our children, VBS and kids camp. Um, VBS happened before kids camp. We're still in the process of that. That's teaching our children about God. The Conquer series that we had um, here for the whole church, that's discipling community. Corporate prayer meetings, you heard it mentioned today in the announcement. That still goes on. That's prayer-centered community. Um, the youth group get together on Wednesday nights, and, and they disciple each other. That's what's happening there with our youth. Um, remember, Derek did the discovering the gifts of the Spirit. That's training and equipping. And if you missed out on that, I would encourage you, anytime that we put a series in, jump in on it. Okay. 
put forth an effort to come and be a part of it so that you can be discipled and that you can grow spiritually. It's not the only way that you grow, but it's one of the ways. Okay? Um, the women's had a brunch. That's covenant community. Um, Harvest Fest, that's evangelism community, reaching out to not only our kids, but the kids in the community. Um, the men's ministry, that's covenant community. The young adults gather in homes and they go, they just went to a conference. Um, that's covenant. Um, we did a healing and prophetic night. That's training and equipping in our community. You say, well, I didn't, I didn't even know anything about that. You might want to listen. We announced it. There'll be more coming, so don't condemn yourself. But we don't condemn you either. Anyway, uh, Brandon, emotional discipleship. That's more recent. How many of you went to it and received something for yourself from it? Yeah. That's training and equipping. And then our outreach is in evangelism. We have Jose and Enrico and the team, and they go out and do medical stuff, and they feed the homeless, um, like on Christmas and Thanksgiving. Listen up for that stuff. You can be a part of that. And then Eric Bush, he, he does homeless ministry. Let me, let me just tell you something. Okay? He came out of the homeless lifestyle. And he wants to reach the homeless people. How cool is that? Making sandwiches and taking them to people. And you're going to hear in a few weeks, we're going to start collecting shoes. Good shoes. And they're going to be given to him to give to people in our community that don't have shoes. How powerful is that? Well, they're just shoes. Yeah, but they have the potential to strike up conversations. And if you're filled with God, God comes out to them. Watch for that. He also, I get these tracks in. Some of you don't even know. There's a lady in Palatka, and some of you don't even know where Palatka is. It's in here in Florida. <laughs> and she calls me on the phone. Down the tent here. I know her from when I was in business before. She calls me on the phone and she asks us if we need tracts or Bibles. And she orders them and mails them to us. This is her ministry. Outside of our church has nothing to do with. And I get these tracts and I give them to Eric and I give them to Jose and Enrico. And they're available to any one of you that want a tract. Say, well, I don't know what to say. Hand, give them a track. Let the track speak with the Holy Spirit anointing on your track. But these are the things that are happening. So we're doing that. And then, you know, Isaac and Andrea and the team down in the inner city that are involved in that outreach. And then um, a guy named Josh Todd that some of you don't know. You'll get to know him probably in a few weeks. But he came in and did a prophetic training. And then we do the home groups and the dinners. Every other. We're in that series, if you will, um, right now. That's building relationships. And then coming up, 
I'll end with this. Coming up, summer nights is coming back again. And uh, for those of you that don't know, it's going to be four weeks. And so the first one's going to be a picnic out at the park. And we're going to cook out and do that. And then instead of family feud, we're going to do church feud. <laughs> Game show. You say, well, I'm not really into that. Well, hold on. The next one is going to be sports night where you can wear your favorite jersey of your team and all that. We'll have dodgeball in here. And then lastly is going to be talent show. There's always one in the group. It's not today. Just you keep practicing at home. Say, well, I don't have a talent. Just come be a part of it. You, You might find your talent. And we've all been waiting for it for years. Brandon. Yes. Speaking of Dustin, this next question, I may tie you into this uh, question, uh, Dustin. But uh, so in the vision packet, it is said, I have a dream that our worship will continue to grow deeper and more focused on the person of Jesus, that our times of worship would be less about our own times of personal devotions and more of an expression of one united bride's heart pouring out undistracted love and adoration. Question, how would you describe this body's expression of worship? How do we go deeper in worship? <clears throat> so I don't want to be too nitpicky here because I, I literally don't look around and be like, okay, who's worshiping, whose hands are raised, and who's you know, bowing down, and who's, doing, who's standing still? Like, I, don't, I don't do that. Um, but <clears throat> here's what I wrote down. I believe here we have sincere worshipers. We have serious worshipers. I believe that. That's real in my heart. I do not doubt your worship and love for Jesus. I also believe we can be more expressive. Okay? This is just a funny story. So when when Dustin was, he was on the cajon one day uh, during worship, and it was just right there in the center. And so, you know, he's he's on the cajon doing his thing, and then for whatever reason, he he got up to readjust it. And so this is the expression we're not looking for, okay? But he gets up to read. He turns around to readjust it and just kind of. <laughs> and then he sits back down and starts hitting it again. So, Dustin, that's not the expression of worship we're looking for. <laughs> Was that your other talent you were trying to? <laughs> we do screen the talent show, don't we? <laughs> we do. But I'll just leave it at that. This body, our expression of worship, I have no doubt, and I genuinely believe this, that we have sincere, serious worshipers of Jesus. And I also believe there are times where we should be more expressive. And that's all I'm going to say because I don't want this more. As in, okay, so if if, if a song shifts into more of a joyful song, can we get a little rowdy Okay, so for those, okay, if, part of my testimony is I used to go out to the, to the clubs and to the bars, and there'd be so much dancing to that garbage, and then we come in here, and we're worshiping the King of Kings, the Lord of Lords, full of glory and splendor, and 
It's like we're at a coffee shop, just, you know. I like coffee shops. Yeah, I go there too. What the heck? But what I'm saying is that there are times where you, you don't have to feel the feels, but you can just jump in and let loose. And there's something about... Yeah, the Calvins, the, the, those who carry that in a natural way, I just want to invite you to come help us in this. There are some of you who just have a natural gift, a natural grace, you're extroverted, you could just, you know, just go for it. I'm not saying come up to right to the center and steal the show. It's not, it's not your show, but you can actually help be a catalyst in our worship where we, it helps those who are a little more timid and shy, just kind of more reserved. That's me. I'm part of that group. I'm introverted. I could just go in my office and, and worship the Lord by myself Sunday mornings. I'd be fine with that, okay? But I'm coming here because I love you all, and you all love me, and we're going to do this together. So here's the thing. If someone, can we, we need to do better at this. If someone starts a clap, can we join? Okay, some of you are like, Brandon, you're manipulating me. I don't want to clap. Okay, can we just, can we do it together? That's all I'm asking. Do it together. I'm not saying, you know, I'm here trying to force you to do something you don't want to do. Let's just do it together. So if someone starts to clap and it's on, it has to be on beat with the song, you know. <laughs> Otherwise, when I get home, my wife's going to be like, Brandon, they were totally off beat on the clap. <laughs> Make sure it's on the rhythm. Okay, so someone who starts it, be on the rhythm, you know. We should maybe designate like a clap starter in here. Who wants to do that? <laughs> We need a clap starting ministry, but Christy, but if someone does that, can we just join and jump along? I don't care if you clap like this. You're joining along. It don't have to be super outgoing in a way, but just join along. That's what I mean by expressive. We can be more expressive a little bit. Okay. Yeah. That word catalyst that you use, I think is huge in worship. You, you don't realize when you are worshiping the Lord with a heartfelt worship towards him, that is a fire that catches in other people's hearts. It really does. In the book of Revelation, you see the, you know, the son of God is there. Everybody's worshiping and the angels are calling back and forth. Amen. 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 In heaven. This isn't a show because there's a resonating that happens when real worship happens in the hearts of other people around you. So don't minimize that. Like, that's real. When you're really worshiping the Lord, that is a catalyst to help other people to enter in if they're struggling. So don't, don't hold that back. Um, we're pretty good about letting there be full and loud expression here. As long as it's unto the Lord, it's, it's real. Then that, that is, uh, has a beautiful effect. Okay, and then the follow-up question, how do we go deeper in worship? Just to put it simply, if we want to go deeper as a body into worship, then come undistracted. When we come and gather together, come undistracted. You have one goal, one focus in mind, the Lord Jesus. If we all individually do that, then when we gather, there will be an explosion. Something will happen. Something has to happen. The Lord can't help move when we are worshiping him in spirit and in truth. So just come undistracted. It sounds really simple, but then here comes Sunday morning or Wednesday night or whenever we gather, and then, you know, everything, the kids are going crazy and the car won't start and all this stuff gets in the way. Come undistracted.
Okay, the last part we're going to do real quick. Um, pull out your insert here. The call to action. Okay, we're going to go through these real quick. Five of them. I just want to point out before. It doesn't say do intentionality, do honoring, do. No, no. We want this to naturally be in your heart. The Holy Spirit, if you ask him, he'll produce these things in your heart to where it's just natural. There's a natural flow in you towards the Lord, a natural flow in you towards others. We're not, this is not like a, some burden, some load we're putting on your shoulders. You're like, oh, gosh, i got to carry the vision of the church now. No, no. Hopefully these things are already within your heart. That you already have a yes, like, yes, Lord, I'll be intentional about connecting. Yes, I'll be intentional about honoring. Yes, Lord. That's, that's our heart for this. This is not just to put something on you and you're like, oh, gosh, I've got to remember these five things to do, and hopefully I do them. If I don't, I'm a failure. That's, that's not this. Okay, number one, be intentional about connecting. This has not happened by accident. You have to be partner with this. And I would just say just ask yourself this question, which is a biblical commandment that we are supposed to love each other fervently, which means intensely from the heart, and ask yourself the question, how many people in this body would say that I love them intensely? That'll help your journey. Be honoring to each other. Celebrate the deposit of Christ in each individual that's here. Sometimes we have to look for it but be intentional to notice it and then affirm that, okay? Encourage that. Let them know that you see it. You see it. You see the work that Christ is doing in their life. Be prepared. Our desire is that you would not expect us as leaders to do all the work. This clergy, laity thing, we want to just destroy that, okay? You are part of the body of Christ just as much as we are. You should be just as prepared as we are. Jesus tells us to be watchful, to be waiting for him. In other words, you be prepared, we'll be prepared. If we all come in prepared, who knows what's going to happen in these meetings? And we're not microphone hoggers. We don't say, oh, only the mic is reserved for leaders, if we don't know you at all, probably not going to give you the mic. We are going to do this relationally. If we know you, you know us, yeah, we're, we are completely open to that. We do not expect to do all the work. If you come with the word, yeah, we're going to ask you, okay, what's the word to make sure, to, to, to have a sense in our heart that it's in the right direction? Sure. But we want you to be prepared just as much as we are. The number four, be equipped and positioned. So part of this is we're trying to offer teaching classes. We have to start out getting healthy. So that was emotional discipleship, and that's a journey, right? We're not all completely healthy. Uh, I can say when I look in the mirror that there's still areas in my life where I'm a little bit twisted. Um, but we're on that journey. We're trying to get healthy, but also to understand what the grace that we carry is and how to best express that. I think that's what this is. So we're going to have another round of eight weeks of talking about spiritual gifts that Derek's going to do out of 1 Corinthians 12 this time. That's coming up. Encourage you to get involved with that. Um, those things are really helpful in identifying the grace that you carry in your life and how to express it. And if you feel like there's a grace in your life and you're having a problem 
knowing how and where to express that grace in this body, would you come to us as elders and ask us um, about that? Because we want to help you to find the right venues and the right places to be able to express that grace. This is a huge value to us. This is not a performance show. Church is not performance. It was never intended to be that way. It's participation and it's mutual ownership. This is an employee-owned company. And so everybody's involved in a shareholder. And then number five, be all in. Uh, this is going to take a full commitment from each of us. Um, you say, well, you know, what about my comfort zone? What about your comfort zone? Uh, well, it's not convenient. Well, what about your convenience? Well, I have a job. Well, so do we. Well, I'm busy. I get it. Ask the Holy Spirit what he wants you to be involved in. And when he stirs it in your heart, it's not going to be another thing to do. It'll be in your heart. He'll give you that desire to be all in and to be used by God when you are all in. And you come into the community, you're able to minister to each other. So I would just encourage you, be all in. Okay, so this concludes our time here this morning. This is something that we want to do yearly. So you can be expecting us next year, this same time, pulling this out, passing it out. We're going to read through it together, and we're going to evaluate how we are doing as a body. To close us up, Psalm 27, verse 8 says this. When you, Lord, said, seek my face, my heart said to you, your face I will seek. This is not a burden, something we're just trying to place on everyone. We believe this is biblical. We're going to make references to this throughout the year. This is not an additional command on top of the Bible. Okay, this is, this is just scriptures and language and words that we feel like the Lord put in our hearts to express the unique thing he's doing in this body. And when it all comes down to it, at the end of the day, Psalm 27, verse 8, the Lord, what he wants, he wants us to seek his face. And I love the response, my heart said to you, Lord. In other words, I don't have to tell you out loud, there was already a yes in my heart to you. To seek you, to build a place where you can dwell, to love the brethren, the sisters, to be one. And so our primary prayer, and we pray this often on Thursday mornings when we pray, that the Lord would just put a desire in you and in us to do this. He has to do it. It's absolute grace. We can't, I mean, we can stir you up at moments and we can get you excited, but after the stirring dies down and the excitement dies down, what is left in you is going to be revealing. And so we, our prayer is that our hearts would just say yes to Jesus. Yes, Lord, we'll follow you. This is what you're speaking the heart of the Father? Yes. So let's stand and pray, and we can be dismissed.
All right, if you'll join with me, let's pray together to the Lord about this whole situation. Lord Jesus, we belong to you. You don't have to pray it out loud. Just, just connect your heart. Let's, let's pray to the Lord. We, we desire for you to have what you want in our lives and in this place. Lord, you're wanting to build something here that probably a lot of us have never seen in, in actual demonstration. We might have seen little pieces of it, but Lord, we just say yes. Our heart does say yes to you. We want you to have your way. We want you to be glorified in this place to a very high degree, more than you ever have before. For this not to be about us, but it to truly be about you, where you, Jesus, are the one who is exalted, preeminently lifted up, magnified, where you receive the thing that you're worthy of, where you receive our devotion, our lives, our love, everything in us and that you have your way, and that you have in this place a full expression of the grace that you've poured out in our midst, that there would be nothing that would be unused and nothing that would be left on the field, but that everything, every expression that you desire here through every individual. Father, would you bring that forth by the power of your Holy Spirit? Lord, I pray that you continue to cause buy-in in our hearts in this community where we see what you're wanting, and we connect with it, and we are all in and part of the process, and that we're part of the answer. We're not just part of the, the consumer culture that comes to supplement my individual spiritual life somehow. Father, would you blow that up in our hearts and in our minds and help us to see differently and to see what you are desiring to build here and to be part of it? Would you incorporate everyone? Lord, would you continue to draw even those who are on the fringes, who are not sure about it, or waiting to see what the next thing is after this passes? Lord, I pray that you would draw all of our hearts into what you are doing and what you want so that you truly would be able to fill all things in our midst, in this place. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen.